0: From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT shop has it all. Browse our shop now at TNTradio.live. Limbit Opic. This is the Limbit Opic Show on today's News Talk,
1: TNT Radio. A very warm welcome back to the Limbit Opic Show. With me, Limbit Opic. you see what we did there. Uh, three hours of news and comment on Saturdays and Sundays uh, with uh, a deep dig with some great guests, and we have the time to explore their thoughts, their views, their opinions, sometimes to have an argument as well, and always to give you the space to respond. You are so busy, record numbers actually, uh, for my show on the chat. Thank you one and all. Uh, Thank you for nice words as well. Uh, Some of you being very complimentary. I hope you're not being sarcastic. (laughs) One of you said that I'm a superstar. I'm not sure about that, but I just love playing uh, a starring role for a few hours on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, Brilliant guests says uh Brett about uh Sandy Adams we just had uh from Glastonbury absolutely agree we're definitely gonna have, have uh, Sandy back uh Holly agrees brilliant Sandy keep up the goodly work you do thank you yes she is indeed a freedom fighter uh, I'm loving having the opportunity to uncancel these people because what is their crime to think for themselves and not go with the insane unscientific mainstream uh keep your calls and comments coming you're almost welcome now uh coming up in the next hour we'll be talking to Sam Rapp who is a performance artist and activist and one of the nicest people I've ever had the honor to work with in the world of culture but for now we're going to a war-torn continent called the European Union as you will probably know, uh, the continent of Europe is currently involved in, uh, depending whether in Russia or not, a special military operation or a war in Ukraine. Some would call it a proxy war. The impact in the United Kingdom or in Australia may not be immediately felt because we don't share a border with that area. But much closer to home is a country which is in the European Union, which has enjoyed pretty substantial economic growth, but also has relations with East and West, and has always done so. Bulgaria used to be one of the satellite countries of the USSR, uh, the Soviet Union, in common parlance. And it emerged when the Soviet Union declined and uh, really imploded and became something else uh, a few decades ago it's made a good fist of it. The quality of life in uh, Central uh, Sofia, which is the capital, is as high as anything you'd experience in any other major capital. But what is the politics of that uh, city, of that country indeed? To what extent is it having to run with the fox and the hounds? Since Russia is a lot closer, and a lot more significant in economic terms to Bulgaria. Bear in mind also that there are many Russians living in Bulgaria and vice versa, I imagine, too. Well, uh, to set the scene here, uh, I've been looking at some of the news. Russia has stated, and I take this uh, from uh, uh, novenight.com um, it's basically a Sofia news agency. Uh, just from a few days ago, Russia says, we will take revenge on Bulgaria for taking away our real estate. Let me read you verbatim what the news story says. Russia has issued a stern warning in response to Bulgaria's recent legislative e- efforts aimed at seizing Russian real estate. Deputy Secretary of the Russian Security Council, uh, Niall Mukhitov, I hope I said that correctly, declared in an interview with tasks that Russia will not tolerate such actions and vows to respond. It seems therefore that there is an economic and potentially more sinister intent going on here as a direct result of Bulgaria's apparent support, weak or strong as it may be, for the special response to the special military operation in Ukraine. How serious is it? Do they have a different perspective to us? Let me express one point of view to you. I have always stated that talking is better than fighting. I've often cited my own experience as, for a decade as the shadow secretary of state for Northern Ireland when I de- dealt with and negotiated with terrorists, not with people who might be terrorists, but actual terrorists, people who had served time for murder as we sought an agreement. Even as we speak, at this moment, my friends, the Northern Ireland Assembly is being restarted. That ceremony will lead, I hope, to a further consolidation of the peace, which I was proud to be involved in. We seem to be doing the opposite (laughs) with Ukraine. We seem to believe that in some way, in this war of attrition, our Democrats from the West can defeat what they claim to be a dictator in the East. But what is the collateral damage for countries that are pretty close to the front line? How does a country like Bulgaria, which has to to an extent, deal with both sides, square that circle. Ivalo uh, Yordanov has been involved with the leading party uh, in Bulgaria. He'll tell us all about that, continue to change, uh, a party of government as it happens. He was a candidate for the parliamentary elections recently, and he's also a highly qualified lawyer and a prominent activist in Sofia, politics and Bulgarian politics. And he joins us live from the Bulgarian capital right now. Uh, Ivalo, thank you very much for joining us here on TNT. Thank you. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about what you do in terms of your job and in terms of your politics. Let's start, first of all, with being a lawyer. What kind of lawyer are you?
2: Um, pff, mostly civil cases, uh, real property, you know. So. I don't have many criminal cases. I've never been attracted to that. Why not? There's a lot of money in it. Actually, there's more money in the civil sector, but yeah, it's just not my thing uh maybe so maybe about my political career which is i was yes i was a candidate in the last uh, uh parliamentary, parliamentary elections in bulgaria which i did not become a member of parliament but yeah, i've been active in the continue the change party ever since which is now one of the yeah, one of the several uh, parties in the ruling coalition here in Bulgaria. And uh, uh, the current mayor in Sofia who was selected several months ago is also uh, connected with our party.
1: Yes, I have noticed in my visits to Bulgaria, and I've been there on a number of occasions, that yes. you have occupied a pr- quite a prominent role as it happens in terms of campaigning, especially in Sofia. Yeah. Tell me about what continue the change stands for. I suspect it stands for continuing the change,
2: but what obviously change is yes. that? So, yeah, but like all post Soviet countries, okay, post communistic countries, Bulgaria has a very serious problem with corruption on all levels. Like uh, just a few days ago, they uh, shot a prominent. Uh, uh shady figure who had contacts in all of the bulgarian courts and throughout the judicial system here he was they called him the notary he was not a real notary but everyone called him the notary because he was involved in tons of uh, uh frauds uh, related to real property and uh, this guy was never sentenced for any for over 200 fraud frauds he was not sentenced he t- dared to threaten judges and so on and uh, this is because the system is like that, and we, our party is obviously trying to change this system and uh, stop corruption as much as that is possible.
1: Uh, I met a gentleman. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to name him without getting into trouble. I met a gentleman oh, no. who's, who, who was very impressive. He was very intelligent. He had been senior in the security services, yes. and I believe
2: he was assassinated on a mountaintop does this happen a lot um, actually not very uh, it was uh, common years ago and now it's again becoming more common for some reason i, I don't know why but yes that uh, yeah they assassinated him last year yes so yeah he was also a notorious uh, shadowy figure in bulgarian business and politics he was also very influential
1: politically i have i have to tell you maybe this gets me into trouble with either, but i quite liked him. <laughs> he was a charismatic sort of character Uh,
2: yes uh, i i I better not
1: go any further down that path Uh, i could cause you reputational damage or myself no
2: no 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 uh, no (laughs) you won't cause me i don't know about your reputation but my reputation uh, will be fine a lot uh, of people (laughs) knew him of bulgaria's prime ministers knew him so that we we might as well name him he was in the public a man a chap called
1: Petrov, I don't remember his first yes, name. Yes. Alexei uh, and, Petrov, and, yes. Alexei Petrov. Yeah, and, and and I remember, although he was assassinated by a bullet on a mountaintop while he was walking, I do know that some years ago somebody tried to assassinate him with a rocket propelled grenade, which yes. went right yes. past him and destroyed the building behind him. Yes, what a way yes, to
2: that, live. Yes. That was more than 10 years ago, but now they, they, now they succeeded. Uh, finish finished the job. Now, before we talk in, in the second and third
1: parts of this hour about the actual situation, uh, I just want to understand a little bit about the rather curious, rather uh, interesting way in which Bulgaria's government is formed. My understanding is that you have more than one party in the government. Yes. And even more interestingly, the prime minister is a job share between two people. Is that right?
2: Um... It's not quite like that. Yes, it's a government formed uh, by several parties. So our party, our close our is from the uh, Democratic Bulgaria, or yes, Bulgaria, they're actually a coalition from several parties themselves. And then there is uh, the GERP party, which was uh, the former governor in party for more than a decade. We are not in a good relation with them, but we had to we had to make compromises to have a government. And it's actually the no the Prime Minister post, it's not actually shared. Uh, it's currently held by Mr. Denkov, whom I have the honor to know personally, who is a member of our party. And next month he's scheduled to leave the post the position to uh, Miss uh, Mrs. Gabriel from the Gap Party, who, to be honest, is also a highly qualified uh, professional. She was uh, in the highly, yeah, highly positions in the European Union, so a pro- politician from the career, as they say. So, yeah, he, I can she's definitely qualified, unlike other men, other people from the Gap Party. So, yeah, it is, uh, yeah. It, it we just it, there's it, it's uh, there's a rotation, so the uh, now it's now our prime minister and then the get prime, yeah, prime minister will replace our prime minister, but they do not actually share the, the position. Right.
1: Well, they do. Moment. They just don't. They don't do it at once. It's six months yes, on, six yes.
2: months off, by the looks of things. No, it's like uh, I believe uh, I don't know. Yes, you hold the position for six months and then uh, I don't know what will happen. I I think no one knows. But yeah, that's the arrangement for the moment, because we had great different forming uh government. We had several elections in two years, and yeah, that was the only choice.
1: Uh, does this, as I say, we will talk about the policy areas in a moment. Yes, But does this cause uh, inconsistency in how the country is run? Because if you have person A as prime minister for six months and person B as prime minister for six months, then surely the policies will
2: move around uh actually uh, we don't know how this is going to work because no one has tried it yet so we'll check how how it's going so this is a great experiment
1: it's a great big experiment in proportional representation of ilo
2: yes (laughs) Uh, does it bother you uh yeah uh, yeah, we, we have tried lots of experiments in our political system. They are not working very well, but uh, maybe they will work eventually. out eventually. We also actually, they recently changed the constitution and uh, hopefully, actually, uh, many of the changes have not been implemented yet in practice, so we'll see how they will work out. It,
1: it, I, I visit uh bulgaria quite often and i love it i think sofia is a beautiful city it has optimistic people the food is mediterranean and healthy and yes, yeah. it's got a youthful sense of purpose you're doing something right because you know every time i come back to london i think why am i not living in bulgaria
2: oh come on
1: <laughs> it's true you haven't been to britain you don't know <laughs> It's, I, 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 uh, maybe it sounds like I'm working for uh, uh, maybe I'm working for the Bulgarian tourist board. You also have one of my all-time
2: favorite singers, Galena. I, yeah, I know about that. <laughs> I, I'm sure I believe she'll be glad to meet you. Maybe next time when you're here, we'll try to arrange something. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to
1: that. As a lawyer, you must be good for your word. Galena for prime minister. That's what I say. Just before uh, we go to a break, in terms of the stability of the Bulgarian system, you did have that series of elections. Now it seems that a country which emerged from decades of Soviet rule has made a successful uh, transition to uh, democracy even if you have lots of elections, it does seem to me that the public decides who runs the country. Is that an illusion
2: or is that real? Well, yes, you can say that, though again, with the difficult formation of the current government, it's many people were this unsatisfied, many, many people, so and it's not particularly stable. So you'll see how this will worked out. So again and, uh, from our our party is not very satisfied We were hoping for that yeah that we'll get more votes but yeah maybe you can say that's what the public wanted the voters, what the, voters the voters wanted so yes and, and and leading us into what we'll talk about after
1: the break in a few minutes to what mm-hmm. extent does the trouble in Ukraine influence Bulgarian politics and potential tensions between the political parties in
2: the parliament of Bulgaria Uh, Yes, it has been a very influential topic uh, uh, because maybe I'll explain that this after. Bulgaria has uh, very uh, tight connections with Russia in religion. Uh, We are Orthodox Christians in language. Uh, Bulgarian is almost the same as Russian. uh, Historically, uh, Bulgaria was liberated from Turkey by the Russian troops. So yes, it was uh, just uh, one example. Uh, We... Actually, still have it. Uh, we still have a monument to the Soviet army in Sofia, and uh, our party, which is pro-Western, and particularly our allies from, yes, Bulgarian Democratic Bulgaria, they said. That they want, they promised their voters, and we promised our voters that we'll have this monument demolished because yeah, the pro Western part of the society wants this, the Soviet monuments demolished. But uh, there is also influential pro Russian vote, particularly the ex communists, the former communist party, which are still quite influential. And they are, of course, defended the monument. Uh, in the end, uh, we had uh, they had only the statues. Uh, uh, quickly removed the, the mo- Yeah, the base of the monument remains there; it's still standing. And uh, this has actually made uh, it very difficult to form uh, uh, the uh, majority in the Sofia municipal council because now the ex-communists have blocked the workings of the municipal council in Sofia. Yeah. They said, "No, we cannot back you. No, That's after you destroy that- the monument more." No.
1: And that's where I want to continue in a few minutes time, because unlike the United Kingdom and unlike the United States, you live near to the front line of the troubles in Eastern Europe. And I want to explore in an honest way how you, as a professional politician and also as a professional lawyer, see the present and the immediate future. Uh, we're working today uh, to understanding what the conflicts on the continent of Europe look like from a ringside seat with the Vila More from him and me, Lembitopic, right here on TNT Live in a moment. TNT's Patrick Henningsen.
2: Hamza Dahoud was the eldest son of the Gaza Bureau for Al Jazeera, while Dahoud, who previously lost
0: other family members in Israeli bombing raid... And we would say that this is probably in terms of conflicts. Uh, This many journalists have been lost, uh, killed, injured in the whole of the Second World War.
2: And that lasted uh, a number of years. Only in the last three months are we scraping 100 on the uh, journalist uh, fatality list, which is coming fast and furious out of Gaza.
0: Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. The Light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not far-right, just right so far. TheLightPaper.co.uk Ladies and gentlemen,
1: today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Welcome back to The Lembidopic Show here on TNT, where we dig deep into affairs of the day from all over the world. We share facts, we share opinions, and we separate the two so that you don't have to guess what's propaganda and what's truth. Of course, I strongly encourage you to make up your own mind. Don't get spoon-fed by us, however persuasive you may find us. Uh, there's a great chat going on uh, at the TNT site, TNT Live site. Just go to it. Uh, it's so interesting. Uh, the conversations often go in different directions to what I'm discussing. Uh, and I do say that uh, you may find uh, a great value in following what is going on there. Some very long comments. Holly's got a rant there, which is very interesting about Moscow. Uh, definitely recommend you have a look at it. It's a really interesting thesis, Holly. Uh, really got to get you on the show sometime. I'm going to keep asking you. Mogden's um, asking uh, the usual question about cheeky ghosts. Thanks for Mogden. For uh, Deborah, Deborah says, uh, I've got friends in Bulgaria. They said the expatriates took the jab, but the Bulgarians generally did not. Eastern blocs have the history to know better and not trust the governments. Uh, question about that, Evado Yordanov, who's our guest live from the capital of Bulgaria, Sofia today. Uh, when it came to the lockdown, to, how much did uh, that affect Bulgaria? Did you just lock down and sit at home like Britain? Or did you take a more practical approach?
2: Well, I believe it was a bit less uh, strict than in Britain or other Western countries. I have a close relative in France and she told me it was much more strict there. She could travel freely because she's a doctor there, but the others couldn't. (laughs) So it was maybe a bit more liberal here, but yeah, lots of people became, became very Agitated because of everything. There was there was times where you could not sit in the park and stuff. They, they removed all uh, uh, yeah, public seats and so, so yeah, so that people could not co- congregate in the open and so on and so on. So uh, yeah, actually, that did have an effect uh, on my people. On me, not that much because because of my profession, I was never. Completely locked down. I had to go to court and so on because the courts did not cease operating during most of the time.
1: Well, for various <laughs> business reasons, I had to travel to Bulgaria during the lockdown. I yes. had no choice. It was quite legal. Uh, there were exceptions yes. to make that possible. And my experience of lockdown there was so much better than it was in the United Kingdom. In the United Kingdom, millions of people broke the lockdown, including the Prime Minister, yeah. and the current, pri- the previous Prime Minister, current Prime Minister, and the Secretary of State for Health, who was telling us to lock down. It seemed to me, Ivalo, that one way or another, you were able to carry on normal life, the cafeterias were still open, the restaurants didn't close, the shops didn't close. And you did not have a significantly higher death rate than we had in the United Kingdom.
2: Actually, for the cafeterias and restaurants, it depends. It, they did close them at one point, but it was, I believe, for a shorter period of time than in Britain yeah. and other Western countries. And about the death rate, I <laughs> really cannot comment on that. I believe it was quite significant here. But also, yeah, there was a wave of uh, vaccine skepticism here in Bulgaria after the vaccination became available, available and so on. And yeah maybe this was uh, yeah, this uh, fed up yeah this uh, fed into the popularity of the pro-russian party uh called mm. renaissance was rather by the way because they were anti against mandatory vaccinations and masks and now uh, and they're also pro-russia so that's really helped them you can say that
1: yes there's a lot of controversy about vaccinations and many TNT viewers and listeners and contributors actually yes. think the vaccines killed more people than the covid uh, disease itself, but we can leave that for another time. That's not what we're really here to discuss. But I asked a question because uh, Deborah was asking me. Now, oh, just one more thing. Hemingway says Bulgaria sounds a bit like the UK with all this prime minister switchy switchy. Hope they're faring better than we are. Yes, uh, Hemingway and Andevila, we change prime ministers often, but it's always messy over here. Yeah. It's not. It's not by. It's not by agreement. <laughs> the prime ministers are forced. Same here. Yeah, there's no other reason. And just one other thing, Hidden in Plain Sight ads. I know a guy, this is about the assassinations, I know a guy who was on close protection and had a SEAL driver who steered violently to one side and the car in front blew up. The SEAL woman actually had spotted the launcher poke out and took evasive action, shall we say. Interesting stuff. Let's go, keep your calls and comments coming. You, You people, you people are on absolutely brilliant form today. Just keep it coming. You're all doing something right Uh, world of TNT. Uh, Now, Evilo, let's talk about what we were discussing before. Uh, You are 2,000 kilometers closer to the front line of the conflict in Ukraine. And regardless of whether you're on the Ukraine side or the Russia side, that's not what we're here to discuss. What I'm interested to know is how this is affecting politics in Bulgaria and civic life, I know from personal experience that there are many Russians, many more Russians living in Bulgaria than in the UK, and there's been uh, intermarriage. There are many people who have a diaspora in Russia and Bulgaria. Let's start with the politics. You said there were strains in the government. What are those strains explicitly? What are the pressures uh, which are causing tension in the parliament?
2: Actually, the the government is more stable because, uh, together with uh, the GAP party with which we have, we can call it an uneasy alliance at the moment, and the uh, ethnic uh, Turkish party, we have solid majority. But in uh, the Sofia municipality, it has been the situation has been very complicated because. uh, in the municipality, we are depending dependent on the Socialist Party, the ex-communists, and uh, the nationalistic party called Vazrudna Renaissance in Bulgaria. In Bulgarian and the communists and the nationalists, they were very pro-Russian here. So they say they told us after you destroyed the monument to the Soviet Army, we cannot uh, govern together with you. No, so that's why the municipal council of Sofia cannot operate at the moment. Right. So
1: in, in terms of numbers, how many pro-Soviet members of parliament are there,
2: out of what number? Um, no, I cannot uh, put an exact number, but yes, they are in the minority, again, the parliament, because uh, the GERB party and the ethnic Turkish party, are, they have suddenly become very pro-Western. They Before the war, they weren't so pro western but now they are so yes you can say that we have a solid pro western majority in the parliament at least 60% of the members okay. of parliament yeah the other parties like the socialists the uh the nationalists and some other small parties which are more pro russian uh, 30 40% something like that
1: that's quite a big percentage in the united kingdom you pretty much get cancelled if you say that you're sympathetic to Russia but somewhere between a, some something like a third of your parliament is pro-Russia
2: actually it's an underestimation because in the in the in the population it would be more than that so they're actually and they can say yeah I believe you can say that they're underrepresented at the moment okay.
1: and you said now in terms of the city of Sofia you said there is real trouble there for the same yes. reason now we're getting to why you're on the show today because i saw this story that russia is saying it will take some kind of uh, retaliatory action because of some legislation which threatens to take away russian-owned real estate why would the bulgarian government provoke russia in this way when it does not have to
2: yeah, I can explain more about that because that's really a very specific case, so I should start from there. There is uh, a river called Kamchi on the which enters the Bulgarian part of the Black Sea. It is not a very big river, but... Uh, it has uh, very, both uh, banks of the river have very dense vegetation. I mean, there is like a jungle, history, like those Vietnamese movies you take mm-hmm. uh, when you take the boat rights in the river, yeah, it's like that. You see the jungle on both sides of you and you expect someone to ambush you from the <laughs> trees. So yeah, exactly. it's exactly like that, at least during the summer. And uh, it is uh, in the forest, it is very thick forests around country ri- river that, you uh, one of our previous government actually it was believed no it happened under the socialist government, under the socialist government of Mr. Stanishev. they gave a huge uh, swath of, of the forest on the riverbank to the uh, to the city of Moscow yeah, it was uh, property made property of the city of Moscow. And uh, the Russians made the, built a cost complex there. It was totally cost complex. You cannot enter if you're not invited there. So no one knows, no one knows what they're doing there. But um, yeah, it was it's in the forest. You cannot see what yeah, you totally cannot see what's going there. And uh, this uh, deal between uh, the Bulgarian state and the city of Moscow, it uh, has periodically inflamed tensions here, the pro-Western parties want uh, this uh, yeah, the property to be returned to the Bulgarian state, and now with the current international situation, they have taken measures to have uh, this property returned to Bulgaria. And uh, yeah, of course, the pro Russian parties are opposed. Uh, we'll see if that you, if you will see if that you work out because the uh, the actual legislation has not been voted yet. But uh, yeah, we, they have, we have taken measures to have this, uh, this complex return to Bulgaria actually now, i believe it, uh, he has been bankrupt in the it's near bankrupt uh, but it has became, become nearly bankrupt in the last years but it is still russian and still totally close to bulgarians and pretty much everyone who's not invited here
1: now now this seems to me a dangerous game because yeah. one day the conflict between russia and ukraine will end but yeah. that can leave a bad memory in bulgaria and. I know from my research for the show today that Bulgaria and Russia still have some trade. If Bulgaria wants to be in the front line of good economic progress, why create a bitter memory about this one premises, which it sounds to me could even be a symbolic matter rather than an economically significant one?
2: So again, it's not totally symbolic because it's quite a big area. It's really like uh yeah, hidden in the jungles of country, it's really like a villain's base, uh, based in the James Bond movie, yeah, something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, it's not totally symbolic and uh but yeah, it's uh the attitude to, to towards Russia here as a talked As I have told before, it's a very divisive topic in Russia because uh, the ex-communist party, the nationalists, they're very sympathetic uh, towards Russia. They don't. They're anti-Westerns. On the other side, the pro-Western parties are against Russia. They say Russia is pushing us back, so that's why we are not a normal European country. And It's it's a very divisive topic, particularly after the war. well, yeah, we have economic connections, we have many Russians and now Ukrainians, especially Ukrainian refugees living in Bulgaria, especially in Varna, where the Kamchia base is. So yeah, we have shared cultural cult- history with Russia. We have also many Bulgarians living in Ukraine, especially they were settled there by the Russian Empire. So yeah, I believe Bulgarians are maybe the largest minority there that's putting no effect. so it's have yeah. Right. yeah it's uh so, <laughs> so there's so many problems yeah. together so so for the benefit of, of uh, the reason
1: you're here is because I think our global audience will be interested in this as a sort of test case which can be copied and pasted maybe to Romania uh to Hungary to other countries which uh, maybe Estonia as well which I know quite well Latvia Lithuania and uh, as a test case to what what the the immediate future on the continent of europe could look like and it yeah. leads me to a very direct question if four out of ten bulgarian citizens are actually pro-russian or maybe more yeah. why would the government seek a fight with russia that's bad politics isn't it
2: uh, well so again this is a test because the anti-russian voters were mostly younger more urban particularly in, particularly in sofia they want to see like this we we told us you will demolish that monument so now we say okay you see we demolished the the soviet monument so that is of course the anti-russian voters want to see that the some action from the politicians they okay. voted in and vice versa
1: because
2: was the this maybe
1: sounds like a rude question to a senior politician, Evilo? And I do not mean to sound rude, but was the demolition of that statue an effort by Bulgaria to win popularity with Western countries?
2: Maybe that as well. Yeah, it's uh, mostly the uh anti-russian voters at home but that is why we have to show that we are pro-western at the moment so yeah, the government definitely tries to show how pro-western it is does does this a lot
1: yeah there's a very similar thing happened to estonia the land of my my mother and father where they moved they didn't destroy uh a, a war monument but they moved a war monument from a central place in the city to basically a park to a place where you had to drive to to get to Uh, and that caused a lot of distress to the Russians and many said that was a bad thing to do because it just it just it brings up old old bad memories and old disputes would it not be better if Bulgaria's parliament said we are where we are we understand that there's this conflict it's not our fight and instead of sending, I think a hundred personnel carriers to Ukraine, which you have done, instead of that, you simply say we're going to sit this one out.
2: Yes, I believe there is definitely this pressure from inside and outside uh, on uh, the politicians to show how really pro-Western they are. I can uh, because I personally know the. Uh, originally, yeah, the province governor of the city of Sofia, not the mayor, the governor. She's also from our party. And uh, everyone, lots of people accused her of de- destroying the monument. Uh, they even sent threats to her. And I know that she. It, this was not her cause. She was interested in sports and school and such thinks uh, she didn't have the monument demolished because uh, she was under pressure from other people. It was not her cause at all. If she could, she would not have done that, but uh, they, she had to. Well,
1: she was only obeying orders is a phrase it's... with a bad reputation, I have to tell you, if I know, especially in European politics. Uh, has the has the Bulgarian parliament done enough is it going to stop making these uh symbolic gestures and it is a symbolic gesture to demolish a, a monument or does it have more in store in which case the threat coming from Russia could increase
2: mm. I honestly don't know but yeah there is pressure to do more so particularly in the military with the military aid we're sending to Ukraine you hear various things about that i know that we'll be uh sending some machines very recently but we are already sending ammunition and it's from the beginning of the war but now they will also send some more machines so yeah there is definitely there definitely is pressure to do more and stay with us I don't know how did that we went stay
1: with us, Vilo. Uh, We're talking to Vailo Yoltenov, a senior lawyer and also politician in the ruling party in Bulgaria. In the third section, I want to look to the future. I want Vailo's perspective, or the perspective, as Vailo sees it from Bulgaria, of the actions of the United States, of Britain, whether this does present a threat, and if it looks different as a threat to Bulgarians versus how we see these actions from a bit further away. Uh, so stay with us. Uh, all of that with me on The dopic Show right here on TNT. See you in a minute de-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective.
0: I really don't understand how this trial between Michael Mann and Mark Stein is continuing. And I don't know if Dr. Mann wanted to put his hockey stick on trial. There are so many holes in his argument. It is hard to believe. I don't even understand how people could have let that out without questioning it. And I've talked about this before. One of the biggest problems I have is he won't let anyone look at his data, at least no one that is skeptical of his data and that should raise red flags now i've talked about this many, many times, you can go and look at what the global temperature does. When it's warm in the eastern and central part of the United States and warm across Europe, usually the global temperature is elevated. Now, when it's cold in those areas, believe it or not, the global temperature is actually colder. The problem with his whole hockey stick and the recreation of temperatures from pine cones is, the areas he looks at and draws his ideas from are usually cold when the earth is warm. So he would not be able to detect that. He would not know that because he's not a meteorologist. If he was a meteorologist, would he know it? Of course he'd know it because we talk about this all the time. They're called teleconnections. So if I were in there talking about this, I'd be asking, where is your meteorology background and are you aware of this going on? But in any case, this whole hockey stick idea of temperature recreation looks to be more of a hokey stick to a lot of us out there. And the first red flag is you wouldn't let anyone look at your data. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you've got. Meet Norm. He lives with anxiety. But with the help of this latest innovation from Be Normal, he can be normal, just like everyone else. With the swipe of a finger, you can project happiness confidence machismo why settle for being real when you can be normal the normal maker new from be normal this item doesn't really work because there's no such thing as normal we're all different what we like how our brains work in fact one in five of us live with mental illness don't filter who you are start by talking to someone you trust and remember there is no normal You're listening to Lambadovic on today's
1: News Talk Radio, TNT. Lambadovic with you for another 75 minutes. Uh, Evilo Yordanov live from Sofia, the capital of Bulgaria in Eastern Europe, with us for another quarter of an hour. And Evilo, I can tell you, you have the chat really going. If you want to see all of it, uh, then go to uh, the TNT website. You'll find it all there. Get involved. Uh, have your say. Um, uh, Holly says. Uh, you should get Sir Andrew Wood on them, but ex-Moscow ambassador could tell you a few stories about that embassy at the time. It would make your hair curl, as my grandmother used to say. Very bad idea for Bulgaria, in my opinion. Thank you for that. Uh, Hidden Plain Sight says there was an extremely interesting man, uh, ambassador, I think, on about Assange yesterday with Patrick uh, H. Very interesting. Yes, uh, we are going to be doing a lot about Assange. Uh, we are on the side of free speech and against the side of censorship, especially when that censorship is all about inconvenient truths. I, As uh, I would like to say a beneficiary of having appeared in WikiLeaks Wear it as a badge of honour. A lot coming up on TNT about that. More to follow on that one. Uh, just two more. Uh, yes, Craig Murray's mentioned. Uh, yes, that's him. Uh, very good on f- uh, faces, but not so good on names. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean on that one, which is a problem in my job. Uh, Holyads, just Western pressure at play there. They are playing risk. Uh, I tend to agree with you about that in, in Bulgaria. Uh, uh, lots more comments coming. Keep listening, keep going through them. Uh, Evilo. in this last uh, 10 minutes or so that we've got, I want to ask you uh, about the future. Yes. You live 2,000 kilometers closer to the action there. Yes. You have Russia pretty much next door. Do you think that the Ukraine situation could lead to an escalation and potentially some kind of an invasion of, invasion of Bulgaria? Most of the people I meet in Bulgaria say they don't think that would happen but what's your opinion
2: well I, I don't think it's very likely but I cannot say it's impossible because uh yeah we don't share a border with Russia but uh we do share a sea the Black Sea which is not that big um c- connects us with Russia so they could yeah they could land uh yeah. Yeah, like the landing party in Kamcha, for example, where they have a base already. So, but, uh, yeah, I also, also know that there are definitely people here who will be glad if the Russians come. They're actually waiting for them because they're hoping that things will change for them and they'll be at the top and not at the bottom as they are
1: Your party is going to be in trouble if they come because you're trying to take Most their least. military base away.
2: Yes, yes, most certainly we will be, but
1: yeah. I I understand more clearly why you may want to get that site back, you think it's a military base, potential landing ground, but can I suggest to Ilo that the Russians have already invaded because in the summertime, Varna, the
2: beautiful seaside resort, is full of Russians. Actually, it's full of Russians at all times, not just in the summer, they just live there. We also have many Ukrainian refugees there who also speak Russian. I believe they're getting one fine. They're not fighting. They get long fine? <laughs> yeah, like in the former USSR, USSR they used to get long fine. <laughs> so what's the fighting about then? Why
1: can't they just go on holiday and stop?
2: Yeah, they all there speak Russian. <laughs> Do you speak Russian? So um I understand it I again Bulgarian is also very close but the grammar is a bit different so I understand it but I don't I cannot say I speak it so in the immediate future you
1: think it's, it's possible but not probable that Russia would physically invade here's my opinion and I do express opinions here on TNT my opinion is that Russia would not want to do that because it's much better for them to have a good economic relationship with Bulgaria and since there are so many russian supporters already in bulgaria they don't
2: need to invade yeah you can say that yeah they do have lots of supporters here so yeah maybe
1: you don't sound really convinced you're just being polite i know you
2: (laughs) no no like as i said i don't think it's very likely but it is it is a possibility definitely uh, is that
1: do you feel as a politician and as a member of the party of government do you feel that the West has been exerting pressure on Bulgaria to conform that's what some of the comments on the chat are saying
2: do you feel definitely, that, yes 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 absolutely how is
1: that how is that pressure exerted is it mainly economic is it from the European Union is it from America well, Britain even,
2: yeah, definitely from both. So we see Bulgaria is dependent economically on Europe, and uh, it's a NATO member, so it's also dependent on the US on in various levels. So, yeah, I know that uh, it's publicly known that uh, the US embassy has been holding talks with Bulgarian political leaders to. Yeah, to keep them on, on track in the so yeah, that keeps them on track. So, yeah, so, so, the, yeah, So that they follow the correct policy.
1: Would, would it would it be it, would it be unreasonable for me to suggest that this means that Bulgaria left the Soviet Union
2: and got imprisoned in the Western Union? um Actually, from yeah, from the, particularly from the nationalist party, they're saying that yeah, that's the case. From the Vazrazovini Party, it's just like that, it's worse now. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, there have been definitely advantages because the economy is a major factor. So that's why most Bulgarians definitely don't want to leave the EU and NATO, even some of those who say that they want to leave, they don't really mean it. Because you can uh, see a difference with countries who are not in the EU, like Macedonia and Serbia. They're clearly worse
1: hidden in plain sight asks this question of Ilo why would Russia want Bulgaria or anywhere else as long as NATO is not rocked up with long-range missiles or something I mean as if NATO the United States and the United Kingdom would do that I think there's a bit of 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 irony there going on do you have concerns that you're going to be caught in the crossfire between the West and Russia
2: yes I said it is not very likely to have physical war here. I believe probably not, but it is possible. It is possible. So, oh yeah, Putin in the beginning of the war, Putin said that he wants uh, NATO out of Eastern Europe. He said it directly. So it's likely likely new government in the US uh, in the autumn. We don't know what you. I don't know what will happen. you will see. Hmm. I don't know.
1: Well i wanted to I, that's, i'm glad you asked that because i wanted to finish on some big picture questions uh, joe yes. biden uh president of the united states now apparently in my view amazingly planning to stand another four years so that he'll okay. retire when he's 300 years old uh also and donald trump who sometimes gets on well with putin looks like the front runner for the republicans okay. does bulgaria have a preference between donald trump and joe biden
2: um mm, so i believe yeah, our, party would, our party is fine with joe biden and yeah we say we, we can say we are more uh pro-democrat but uh, i believe here yeah, most bulgarians would prefer trump because why because yeah, most bulgarians like uh, politics like that Politicians like that, for example, our prime minister, uh, former prime minister Boyko Borisov, who was uh, in power for over ten years and his party is still the biggest in parliament. He's yeah, you can say a bit like Trump, uh, yeah, more East European sort of Trump, but yeah, they have some things in common. So that is popular with <laughs> the Bulgarians and East Europeans as a whole. I believe that style of po- politics and politicians. <laughs>
1: It could be that trump the maverick could settle things very quickly he said that he would end the war in ukraine in 24 hours
2: do you believe him i don't know maybe i don't know i cannot say we'll see we'll see
1: i think you're being very diplomatic i think i finally finally found the limit at which you follow the party line there very diplomatic i salute you for that uh Uh, and I'm not going to ask you again. I know I won't get a better answer than that. In terms <laughs> of in terms of the European Union, I know that Bulgaria has been talking about entering, entering the euro, which will immediately make everything else more expensive, and property yeah. especially so. Uh, if Bulgaria gets closer to the European Union, will that not make it more difficult to stay close to Russia?
2: Yeah, it will definitely... Uh, Bring us closer to Western Europe and further away from Russia. So yeah, but so yeah, again, also the Euro is a controversial topic here. I believe most, maybe most Bulgarians don't want it, but we have uh, take, yeah, we have promised that we'll accept the euro. So uh, it will probably happen in a few years, maybe next year. They they're planning that for next year, actually, but I don't believe we can cover the criteria for next year, so maybe in two, three years.
1: The criteria, some would say, being give all of your economic power away to Germany
2: and Brussels.
1: That's pretty much what they would be saying in in the Brexit debate in the United Kingdom. Uh, Of course, it's great, I suppose, if people have property already in uh, Bulgaria because the prices will go up. But it's not very great for the local people, is it? Kind of referendum to enter the european union's currency be one or will it not be a
2: referendum actually i believe uh, the nationalistic party tried to have a referendum but uh, yeah, they told him no you cannot have a referendum on that topic so no well because so they would lose yeah that is planned so we enter the euro zone whenever they accept us there yeah so you don't want a
1: referendum because you think a majority would say no to the euro Is that why you don't want a referendum? I believe most
2: will say no, yes. I believe most will say no.
1: It's not very democratic
2: then, is it? (laughs) Yeah, very democratic, yes. (laughs) Now we're getting to the the
1: truth. Uh, And then the the, the final area in terms of the economy and the culture of Bulgaria. Why doesn't Bulgaria simply say, we are going to leave the European Union, we will uh, live next door, but we want to be friends with the West and the East? And the reason I ask this question is because, as I've said on TNT before, it seems to me that the future is BRICS, the non-Western countries, Russia, India, China, Brazil, all those big countries, Iran. Over time, although there is conflict now, those conflicts will not last forever, unless we have a world war, of course, in which case none of this matters. (laughs) But, But eventually it will end. And surely then you should be in the growing empire rather than the declining one
2: well but uh, for the moment still the uh, west is leading so you can as i said you can see a difference between bulgaria which is a eu member and countries which are not like serbia bosnia uh macedonia moldavia especially so uh, yeah, for the moment, I say most Bulgarians would prefer to stay in, in the EU, even those even some of those who say that publicly say that they don't want it, they would not I mean, they will not back a very radical party like that's why the nationalists the Renaissance, the Renaissance party they are always the third. They got to the third place and cannot get further than that because most Bulgarians don't want radical changes at the moment.
1: It's been a real pleasure to speak with you, Evilo. Thank you for giving us a central to East European perspective on things that it's not easy to see the way you see them from your front row seat, uh, on the Eastern border of the European union. Let me ask you to do one last thing. You've got 60 seconds for those people who have not been to Bulgaria. Why should they come?
2: Oh, uh, we have uh, sea, mountains, and wine, and Galena, very the good, pop singer, very good wine, and a very good pop singer.
1: You, you promised okay, me you'll introduce, of course. Yeah, yeah, you, you promised me you'll introduce me to Galena. I will keep you to that promise as soon as okay. I can come over there. Thank you, Evilo. It's always interesting to have you on. We'll probably have you on again uh, in some weeks Thank to you. see how things have developed. Uh, that is Ivalo Yordanov, who is a senior uh, politician in the party of government in Bulgaria. That is uh, continue the change. And he's also a lawyer. Great value. And I think a pretty straight talker as well. I only felt one time when he constrained by the party line that's not bad for a politician coming up in the next hour we change gear we talk to sam rap i haven't had her on the saturday show before but I've, i know her well she is absolutely top quality value she's dyslexic and she's made some merit out of it she has great art she'll probably share at least one poem with us but more than anything she has her finger on the pulse of human nature and she does it all with a smile that's the wonderful thing about this longer show we dig deep not just into people's points of view but into their character too so stay tuned for the next hour uh, i'll be here right up till one o'clock i'll get through some more of your messages very quickly uh, just one from hidden in plain sight russia is doing very nicely now thank you despite all the sanctions on naughty russia and holly says is it wine you and your pop singers Lembit. cheeky cheeky i'll see you in a few minutes right here on tnt